everyone, and welcome to episode 287 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Zafrod Aleph, and we have the full crew here this week, starting things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going this Monday, Richard? Hey, Seth, it's going well. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm excited. We actually have a lot of interesting topics to get to today, but before we get into all that, we have another co-host in the awesome Krim. How are you doing today, Krim? Doing all right. Uh, like, as you had like mentioned, there's a lot of things that had happened, actually, this past week. Yeah, it was a pretty busy week in the magic world. So, topic-wise, today... Double Masters, of course, going to kick things off with that. Talk about uh, VIP boosters and the rarity of box toppers and so forth. They announced a new booster product coming with Zendikar rising this fall. Uh, set boosters going to hit on that. Wanted to talk about Jumpstart and the impact it's making on the historic format. And on top of all that, we also had a PT this week, Ed. So we wanted to get to PT Wilderness Reclamation as well before answering your fish mail. So that is the plan for today. But before we get into that, a reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And if you've ever tried to buy list your magic cards, uh, sell them, sort them, ship them, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of hassle. It's not a lot of fun. Well, Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. If you're looking to avoid all that hassle, all that time, but you still need to sell your cards, you can use this new service from the folks at Card Hoarder, and they will sort, grade, and sell your magic cards. And once your shipment is processed, you'll receive the proceeds minus their fee. And right now, you can get 10% off by going to cardconduit.com slash goldfish. So thank you to Card Conduit for supporting the show today. And let's talk some magic, starting with, let's talk Double Masters. We have a ridiculous amount of previews. I think so far we're close to 70% of the rares and mythics already being previewed. Most of the set has come out uh, since last week. So Richard, uh, let's talk some Double Masters. All right. Um, how long are we going to do this? There's a lot of cards. So just go to MTG Previews <laughs> and, and read them. Uh, but we can play a game. We, we will go over the box toppers released in the last uh, week or so. And you guys tell me if you play this new art or not play this new art. Okay? And okay. Uh, hopefully okay. by covering this, we get most of the, the good cards. Because most of the good cards are box toppers. So we'll start off with the MDG Goldfish previews. So wait, wait. Before, before we do this. So when you ask us if we play it, do you mean like, would we put it in a deck or would we play it over the art that already exists like are we comparing the, the, it to previous art, art or just art, like the art okay so if you were okay, to okay. play this card would you be would you be playing this art or would you go og border or you know whatever right or masterpiece okay, okay that makes all right that makes sense blood moon featuring <laughs> like a giant circle blood moon <laughs> <laughs> yes with a bit of an asterisk so this is our fourth Blood Moon art, and I am a really firm believer that if you're going to play, like, Mono Red Prison or something, the right way to do it is you got to p- have all mismatched art. So yeah. I would definitely be playing a, ver- uh, a copy of the Box Topper Blood Moon, but then I would also have the three other arts in the deck as well. So yes, but only one of them. Uh, I'm with Seth there on that one. I mean, I mix and match all my cards, so I would play all the artworks, but... Specifically, I, I actually really like this new Blood Moon art, but I, I, I think I'd s- still probably pick the Amonkhet um, Invocation. Oh, I was about to say that was the worst one. <laughs> I was what? like, where's I, the Blood Moon? All I see are bolus hordes. And so I, think, me, I, I think that's, that's what wins me too. over. <laughs> I think oh, that's yeah. what wins me over, the bolus horns. 
I, I like this and the dark, except A, the dark is expensive. B, it looks like a giant marble, but it has like the old frame. But I like, this is like the bloodiest moon of all the blood moons we've seen. So I, <laughs> yeah. I like this art. Uh, all right, Goblin Guide. You know, I, I like this. Uh, the I think the box topper art is the best one on this one because it's pretty funny. I, I don't know, something about the map just on the goblin's head. And it's just like, like it's got its finger up like, oh, this is north, right? Okay, cool. The wind's blowing this way. <laughs> so I guess I'm going there. I I actually agree. I think this is the best Goblin Guide art. I think, I guess the original like has a bit of the iconicness factor, but even... Uh, including uh, that, I still think this is just the best Goblin Guide art that we've had. I actually think the the promo version, uh, what is it, like a Grand Prix promo or something, yeah. or a Pro Tour promo, yeah. is the best art, but to me, it has to be the original. Uh, it's just too iconic. You've been killed by this guy. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing, like stretching his arms or something. <laughs> like too many times. Like It's too iconic for me to switch up, so I'd actually play the OG original art. All right brainstorm um i i think i'm still gonna pick the the conspiracy one or whatever I, like i think there's so many artworks for brainstorm <laughs> which one's the conspiracy I, one uh let me what see is here. the guy doing it's the one where i believe it is the it, it should be the one where there's it looks like an is it mage with a bunch of lightning around oh, its head so it's okay that's like the the reprinted art for devil masters as well right like I think a, so. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's what also got reprinted in Double Masters. I think I like that art the most uh, for Brainstorm. Oh, and actually, no, wait. I lied. I forgot. There's the Jace Spellbook. Oh. Oh. oh, oh I think that's the, the ugliest Brainstorm. <laughs> really? Jace Spellbook? Yeah. Oh. What a Jace fanboy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. Correct. But, dude, Jace is, the Jace Spellbook one is so sweet. He's, like, doing the uh, the mind sculpture thing. But except with one <laughs> hand. <laughs> <laughs> I think, oh boy, this is tough for me. I really like the new art. I think uh, the new art by, is it Ron Spencer? Like, oh, it's so good on the new Brainstorm. However. You're talking about the box topper, right? Yeah, yeah. the box topper I, art. I, However, see, I think that one is kind of doo-doo. You don't like it? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Silver Surfer, like, kind of like sitting under like... <laughs> I really like the box topper, but I don't think it beats out, uh, the masks version. Like, I, to me, that's, it's also the FNM promo, but that's kind of like the most iconic one with like the woman with her fingers like on her temples, like she's thinking. Like, to me, that is the brainstorm art that I will always remember, but I do, I would rank this one highly in, in the list of brainstorm art, maybe second behind masks. Oh, I never understood the masks version. It's so popular, but. Like the Ice Age original uh, one, oh. always the one I play. <laughs> but I actually like this art so much that I'm willing to go new frame. And like this new brainstorm, just so blue, and like the guy, like oh, it's it's really good. So I will actually play the new card in this case. And that's saying a lot coming from Richard because yeah, Richard I has play the old the, cards. maybe even a heavier bias than me towards old mortar cards, and I really have a <laughs> a thing for old mortar cards. All right, lightning greaves. Um, Get, getting the the anime <laughs> pose or something going on here. <laughs> I <laughs> the one where it looks like they're like 
like it's like mid-flight, right? Like the box yeah, hopper. I mean, like sprinting forward, and there's like spikes on the bottom of the shoes for some reason. I I think it's kind of cool. I think it's kind of cool. Uh, I I like this one as opposed to just shoes sitting there. <laughs> it's like so, it, it's in action. I mean, the F and M promo one might still be. Actually, this is about even with the F and M promo one, or you, you know the 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 promo one. Because like the, I actually like that you see the Greaves kind of in action as opposed to just sitting there. I don't really like this box topper R. I think it it probably beats out the Kaladesh Invention R, which I think is just like super gaudy. Like I really don't like the border on the Kaladesh Inventions in general. It's just a little over the top for me. So I think it ranks ahead of the Invention, but. I gotta go, I gotta go OG on this one. Just like the Greaves sitting there back to like original Mirrodin block. I think that's still number one for me. Yeah, I, I, they, they all suck. So I'm gonna go with the original. <laughs> I don't like any, like the new one feels like it adds attack or something. It feels like a spell, it, you know, the, at least the original one you're like, it's just a pair of boots. I know what it is. Uh, so I, I like it. The the new one feels like you should get like plus two, plus O oh, and haste or something like while you're at it because of the spikes. All right. Fatal push. The new art is the guy falling down from getting kicked from the previous art. Oh, yes. Snap. I would snap off this new one. I, the original art, it's getting kicked. Why is it called fatal push? And when the person's getting kicked, that is always, always you, you bothered me. With fatal push you push stuff with them. your foot. Yeah. No, you, that's it. If you push someone with your foot, it's a kick. That is, I think that is how English works. Like that's what. No, no, that's no. What, no, no, what no, if no. It's a push slow, with the foot? Like you is. apply your foot to their chest and then you yeah, slowly exactly. push it out, as opposed to you know that's, that's a quick just kick. Just a slow, a slow kick. <laughs> it's still a kick though. What, why is I a push like... not a punch? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I still like the new art better. <laughs> I do not like the new art better. It looks like this, like, you know, <laughs> it doesn't look interesting to me. I I, I just like the original one more. It, it, like, you seeing the terror in the person getting pushed off uh, the ledge there is just, I don't know, it's just way better than this kind of, like, this dude that's got, like, his ar- like helmet on that covers his face, and it looks like he's getting ready to break into dance more than anything else from, from like, <laughs> I like you know what I mean with that it, it, it right. doesn't look like he's falling like it looks yeah. like he's like mid-flight in a dragon ball battle and he's blocking yeah. or something right <laughs> like speaking of not pushing like this one is not pushing he's, he's yeah like, I don't know skydiving but yeah exactly. I, I like the original the, the original kick the, the iconic kick yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. Force of will. Oh, I mean, the box topper, like, 5,000%. Like, the box topper is so sick. Like, that, the blue water just kind of, like, over the, the wizard's back is like, ah, oh, that is beautiful. Uh, I mean, I do like, I do like the box topper. I think that it, uh, it does look really good, but I don't think anything can beat out just, like, how iconic the original is. Like, uh, the original is just, like, such iconic art that even though I like the box topper, it's not not quite as uh, iconic as the original. I actually will go with the box topper here. Uh, as much as I like the iconic one. So I think the, icon- the, the original one is much better than the, the remade one because it's so iconic. But I feel this art is just so nice looking. Like, oh, the, the yeah. color palette and everything. It's just so pleasant to look at. And it has no frame, so I would actually play these new Force of Wills. I, I would and actually the, and not. the flavor text. 
is is, <laughs> you, is great. You realize, Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> like this, because like the the original one. I, I'm sorry. Like I, 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 I don't want to lie to you. It, it doesn't look as blue to me. It feels like I should be. It's like a, I don't know, another red card, right? Yeah. He's sitting there. He's like. You know, going, getting ready to go Super Saiyan, his hair is going to start flying up and go blonde. And then, you know, like, like there's all that, like, fire around his hands. Um, I mean, I actually would like the, I'm going to be completely honest, I think I'm going to rank the box topper first and then the judge promo second. And then, like, the other two can be tied for, like, last. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Chrome Mox. Uh, I, I, I think for Chrome Mox, I don't really, like this box topper. Where is the mox? Like I'm looking at it. it looks like a robot flying through space. Like where, yeah, where is yeah. assembling where is its the arms? <laughs> yeah, I I see the chrome, but the mox seems to be missing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I mean, it it, it looks kind of trippy. I mean, it, it it I'm not gonna complain if I open one, but like I do like the what is it? The iconic masters when they redid it. The one that Vulcan Baga did, uh, Eternal Masters, or but Eternal yeah, Masters, the one with the the hands. Yeah, I get actually looking at the Eternal Masters version. I think that is the same thing. Honestly, it, just it like has the zoomed shape. in and kind of like it does have the same shape. I didn't really realize that, but yeah, I think I like Eternal Masters best as well. Actually, all right, Mox Opal. I do like the box topper a lot on this one because the hands being all like Phyrexian or or like you know artifact looking really helps make this like just really cool. Mm-hmm. This this reminds me of Doctor Seuss or something. Yeah, <laughs> like the I, pointy I gotta, fingers. <laughs> I like I that. I gotta go original, I think. But it has the horror movie vibe too. Like I don't know. I I I really like this box topper and the but, o- the Mox Opal itself. You know what I mean? Like looks <sighs> really good. I do like the Opal. The Opal itself does look really good, but it's really small. And I don't know. I don't know if I want my Moxin to have horror movie vibes. Like I think there's <laughs> cards where I would like the horror movie vibe, but. A mox is just supposed to be like beautiful. Now I don't think it's supposed to be where you have like your horror movie, uh, you know, motifs come in. So, OG for me. Yeah, OG for me. All right, sword oh. of fire dice. Oh yeah, I'm gonna snap off the box topper here. This is the one I want the most out of all the box toppers. Like this is so sick. Like I love like the the ice like and like lava kind of like dripping off the side of the sword. This is just a very very sweet artwork. I also really like the new art and I think the new art is the best art. However, there's one problem which is there's a really unique judge promo where you actually have the old brown border with, and Sword of Fire and Ice is one of a tiny number of cards that has that. And I think that's really sweet. So I think it comes in second for me behind the judge promo with the old school, like brown artifact border. But I think it has the best art. If it didn't, if yeah. borders were not part of it, then I would go with a, with the new art. All right, I, I give you guys the new art, but I like the the Predator original version because uh, Stone Blade I played for so long in Legacy, and this card has memories, and it's Predator holding a sword of fire. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I actually go with the OG one, but I agree that the new art is actually pretty good. Uh, sword of War and Peace. <laughs> 
Uh, this what? one, I, I, I like the original a bit more because <laughs> I, it, you could actually see like once again the super cool like armor on like like you know the the arm and stuff. It looks like a little more Phyrexian or whatever, <laughs> as opposed to just like it being stuck in the wall. Yeah, why why is it sticking through that that column or whatever that yeah, is? Yeah, like uh, a pillar I, or something. I, I, I. I think I like it though. Like I like the colors the uh, on the new one. So I think I'm gonna go box topper. Where is the piece? Like, how do you represent piece on a sword? <laughs> like all of the arts, I'm not sure how. But I mean, I, it I, looks pretty relaxing if like that silver sword just kind of casually slices. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's stuck in it's stuck in the wall, so you can't actually get it out and hurt anyone. I think that's, that's the, piece. the piece part. Yeah, mm, I feel like it should be like a ceremony or something, and like they just show it like a ceremonial sword because the sword of peace, as opposed to fiery brimstone <laughs> and like a battlefield. Uh, but eh, I'll go with the new art for this one. Cyclonic Rift. Oh, hey, I love this this box topper. It looks good. I mean, I I I won't ever you know like like I do love that like like tornado vortex thing, but like this having the mage there, I and like it's like it looks like it's got like this is it like you know laboratory in the background. Uh, I'm I'm a fan of the the box topper. <sighs> I like the box topper too, but I think the the lightning bolts in the cyclone in the original, I think that it feels more like a cyclonic rift to me. Like I think it it fits the the name of the card better, even though the art is sweet on the new one. So I'm gonna go original, I think. Yeah, I'm gonna go original. I don't like is it stuff being depicted here. I actually don't like any characters in like my uh generic cards. So like if like brainstorm out adjacent it I, I like automatically dislike it <laughs> so here i don't like this guild or this plane being represented in cyclonic rift i like the generic original one but i do like the colors on, on this one meddling mage oh the the new art for me like i i really like the new art i it's have a big oh go ahead well go ahead, i i think i like the new art because i think some people have also noticed it it's got some avatar like vibes going on like like the airbender but not specifically like an airbender <laughs> looks like a water bending slash ice bending thing i i think like the fact that you know the, the mage is like you know blowing and like you could see the ice kind of like forming i i think that's just really cool you will never get me to pick any new art version of an invitational card like i i feel like invitation i'm like morally object to invitational cards that don't have the person on them who won the invitational and got to design the card. So even though I think the new art is, uh, is sweet, uh, for any invitational card, I'm going to go with the original because I feel like that's in the spirit of what the card was supposed to be. Yeah. I, I have to go with the original, uh, same with Seth, but I will say that this art is really good. And like the, the colors on the art, like goes really well with the actual card itself. Like the, the borders of meddling mage. So like yep. overall, it looks really good. You also uh, have like but, the like the blotches of red in the background. Like I yeah, wish. but why couldn't they just draw Chris Pakula doing this? <laughs> <laughs> if it was not a invitational card, I would pick a uh, pick the new art. If we were just, if it was just a generic card and didn't have any history attached to it, I do think the new art is better. But yeah, um, I think that's all of the most of the new cards. Uh, we we talked about some of these cards, like the older cards, like Karn and Tron and. Uh, stuff like that. So those are most of the new box toppers that released this week. Um, did we did we talk about um, sneak attack and worm coil? 
Oh, we can talk about Worm Coil. Do you like Worm Coil? I, I do not like the new one. I, I actually prefer <laughs> the original one. Yeah, I don't like the, the box stopper Worm Coil either. It just looks weird to me. Yeah. It, look, it I, looks like a green worm as opposed to... It, it looks to... like a slug. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mention it. Like I wonder what eyes. the tokens will look like. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, uh, I, yeah, th- this one, yeah, like, I, I don't know. Something about it just doesn't seem... Like, I, I, I like some of the colors, like the light yellowish green that kind of, like, is, like, going through its, like, you know, like, body and whatnot. Like, I do think that's pretty cool. But, like, the way it looks right now, like, by its head area, it doesn't look as, you know, mirrored in whatever, right? It, it kind of just looks like if they, like, Spongebob snail Gary lost his shell and then, like, <laughs> was a little more robotic. Like, if, if Gary was on Phyrexia, I, I guess. Alright, last card. The card you most definitely don't want to see when you open your VIP boosters. Clocking in at the lowest price thus far. Sneak Attack. 30 bucks currently. What do you guys really? think? Really? I love that's, the artwork. It's hilarious. <laughs> yes, that's one of my one of my favorite. Just because it is funny. There is like roasting hot dogs and about to get absolutely owned by this this yeah. huge monster on the sneak attack. So, oh, I didn't even uh, see yeah, the. Mo- I thought I thought sneak attack was these three guys planning a sneak attack or four. <laughs> four. Oh, I didn't even see the dragon in the back about to about to eat them. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, this, the, this artwork is so good. They're just casually chilling and having some hot dogs. <laughs> the dragon is about to completely dunk on them all. <laughs> oh yeah, I think that's one of my favorites just because of that. It's definitely one of the the most humorous. I think. All right. Actually, no. The the most humorous I think has to be the new Karn. I I, I know the artwork is weird, but I I definitely want the Karn <laughs> like, just because it looks so out of place. So if you actually see the panorama. Uh, yeah, the panorama cropped art. It actually looks really good. Like card, it's, it's they, they, the way they cropped it for the card makes it look really weird. But the actual like real art for it like doesn't look that bad. It actually looks pretty good. The panoramic of the lands and the lands also just look good normally. But it's even on the panoramic to me like it's Karn that still kind of sticks out. I think it's the color for me and oh, like the shading. Guys- yeah, yeah. Did you guys see the post on Reddit where someone took the art of the, the Tron lands and put it in the old border? Oh, I didn't. Oh, it looks Did- really good. Like, it looks exceptional. Like, the, the kind of like the faded look of the art, like the, the muted palette or whatever goes really well with, like, the original borders. And, like, it would be 10 out of 10 slam dunk if they had done that. <laughs> I, yeah, that sounds, that sounds pretty sweet. I'm not an... Like, I guess... The old border doesn't necessarily hit a spot for me, you know. Like I, I don't know. The old border is just okay to me. I, I, I think <gasps> if we're talking about some old bordered stuff, I like the old foiling where you had the wizard stamp, like the shooting star thing. Oh, that and that I like. And and your foils were not curled into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right after that was when it was like what shards of no, like it was around shards of Alara where the foiling got. Oh, bad. Like, <laughs> like honestly, like I, I, every card that I've had from the Shards block is so curled. It's, like, worse than a Pringle. Yeah, I always find that funny. Like, sometimes I just go through my old cards from when I was buying collections, and you'll find these old foils from, like, 
I don't even know, 20 years ago now, like Urza's blocker when they first started doing foils. And I haven't done anything special with them. They're just like sitting in my big box of the cards and they're just like flat as, flat as a board. And then you have new cards that they sit out for like uh, three months and they're like completely curled up. So something definitely changed. Before we move on, I also got to say, I think that the two Mark Pool pieces are two of the best arts from the entire box topper series, uh, the crop rotation and the exploration. They're just like, Oh, they're just really, really sweet pieces. So quick, uh, quick shout out to, uh, to Mark Poole on those. I think my favorite box topper so far. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, I, 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 I don't, I know it sounds weird, but I like just art wise, I think it's either sort of fire and ice or meddling mage. I, as I said, I really like the, the artwork, the colors and, the whole like avatar like last airbender vibes it's giving off my favorite one is liliana the veil is she still eligible for this set (laughs) (laughs) because she needs new art she needs a new promo like we need a new lily of the veil even though she kind of sucks now uh but the wmcq promo was like i that was the perfect chance to get new art too and then it was just like here you go same art yeah I, I want to see new Lily art. I don't know if people doing the number crunch have ruled her out or not, but I hope she's still live for the set because uh, I want new Lily art. So let's uh, let's shift a little bit. We've been talking about all these box toppers, and part of the news this week was about the rarity of box toppers. So one of the big questions people well, actually it's kind of twofold. So first off. Wizards said initially that all the box stoppers were going to be rares or mythics. And then we started getting like Tron lands and we started getting expedition maps and crop rotations, which do have the rare set symbol. So they have been turned into rares or mythics, although they show up in the normal set as commons, uncommons. So there's a little bit of a confusion, at least, about how those were marketed originally. And then the second question was, uh, how is the rarity going to work on box toppers? With Ultimate Masters, all the box toppers were the same. Your chance of getting a Liliana was the same as getting, whatever, a Eternal Witness or something. But Wizards also announced this week that with Double Masters, there's two rarities to box toppers. The ones with the rare symbol are going to show up twice as often as the ones with a mythic symbol, which means your odds of getting a $300 mana crypt are less than getting a, whatever, $30, $40 crop rotation or expedition map. So uh, what do you think of all the uproar over the box toppers, the marketing of them, the rarity of them? Uh, what do you guys think about that? I do have an issue with like, you know, like the, like the way you're going to like get like the the way they're dispersed. I believe like, yeah, like it, it, it was twice or what little over 50% that you'll get a rare. So you're more likely to get rares than mythics. But then as I kind of like look at the box toppers, I kind of want more rares than I do mythics. Um, I mean, I like force of will, obviously, and sort of fire and ice are great. And, and Karn is like funny, like, right? So like, that's, that's, that's it, right? Like, yes, Karn, Karn being funny makes me want it, but (laughs) I, I do want the rares more. Um, so I guess that might be a blessing. I don't know. I mean, but if you get one Force of Will, you can sell it and buy ten rares. So I I can, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I I would 
I would never sell the Force of Will, so I would yeah. keep that 100%. However, like, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I actually kind of like a lot more of the cards clocking in at rare. I mean, it, it it's going to feel bad with how much I despise Tron and I open Tron parts, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I even... Okay, maybe maybe not... Like, even Fatal Push, actually. Even Fatal Push is, like, cool. Yeah, I like, I, I'm okay with the fact that they're different rarities. I'm less okay... Uh, I guess not okay <laughs> with the fact that this news came out like halfway through preview season. People have pre-ordered already. There's all these expectations that it's all equal rarity. So the fact that it's dropped after the facts and it's the second piece of news after the fact, after, you know, they, they said everything was rares or mythics, but then they upshifted commons and uncommons. So the, the surprise factor for people buying $100 boosters is not welcome. So... I just wish they had better communication about this going forward. Uh, but they're just making your high variance gambling even more high variance <laughs> with this mythic <laughs> split, which I don't know. I mean, if you want some adrenaline, here's double the adrenaline, right? I, I don't know, right? Like, hope you get that force of will. Uh, so uh, it's, it's going to make people small time openers like it's gonna hurt them more right the higher the variance uh the less you open the worse it is for you right if you're a store cracking like thousands of these which i don't think any store would be because i don't know you can get that many uh you know it's okay because over the long run it'll all even out but if you're trying to get a force of will or something and you have like three packs like you're probably not going to get it at all so it just hurts the people trying to buy like one or two packs just super high variance yeah i think for me the biggest thing is just like the communication uh, that that's where things seem to have like kind of fallen apart in this instance. Uh, I do think that like brainstorm, lightning greaves, those are great box stoppers. Like those are high demand cards. They're better than a lot of the random rares that are in the set. If I had to choose between getting uh, like a swift blade vindicator or falcon wrath aristocrat box stopper and getting a lightning graves or brainstorm, I'm gonna go with that every time. Like take the uncommon. So I think it's more that the communication and the timing of the communication was a uh, was pretty lacking. Uh, and the very Experience is going to be a big issue, and I think that's an issue with the set itself for the most part. We've been uh, tracking the prices more or less live uh, through preview season, and right now the actual like expected value of the set looks really good. Uh, over the course of time, if you open a bunch of it, you're very likely going to come out ahead in terms of how much you spent for the box, how much value you're getting out of your boxes, but a lot of the value is concentrated at Mythics, and even with the rares, there's a handful of, like, $20, $30 rares that you really want to hit, and then there's a big list of, like, straight-up bulk rares or, like, $1 rares, so you're going to have people, both with normal packs and especially with VIP boosters, where you spend $15 on a normal pack and and you get a dollar in value. You open a Terastodon and a Magus of the Abyss, and you just essentially get nothing for your pack. Then you're going to have someone that opens a pack and gets a Mana Crypt and a Force of Will and gets $200 out of their $15 pack. And the same thing, uh, essentially, on steroids is what's going to happen with VIP boosters. You're going to have people that open them, get two random Tron Lands uh, box toppers, and get $50 in value out of their $100 pack. And then you're going to have someone that opens uh, two Mythics and gets Force of Will and Mana Crypt and opens a $700 booster or something. So variance is going to be a big thing. And opening any of these packs just one at a time for more like casual players, or I guess in this case, normal players who don't have infinite money to spend on uh, on magic cards is going to be really risky and high variance for sure. Anyway, 
Any other uh, Double Master stuff, or should we hit on uh, some other topics? We we actually still have quite a bit of stuff to talk. I, I guess we got to move on. We've we spent a long time <laughs> on Double Masters, so we're going to have a two-hour podcast. So uh, next on our list, since we're talking about products, let's get that out of the way first, and then we'll jump into uh, the more gameplay stuff. So the other news from this week is there was a preview, it wasn't even a stream, I guess it was a, a YouTube panel that Mark Rosewater recorded for Comic-Con, I think it was, yep, talking yep. a little bit about Zendikar Rising, which is the fall set. And the big piece of news uh, from the video was something called Set Boosters, another new booster product. This is not replacing collector booster, theme boosters, uh, draft boosters. This is a new product. And essentially, they're designed specifically for people like me, I guess, who just like cracking packs. One of the interesting they, things they realized, and they said the reason these boosters exist is they did some research and they found out that 50% of booster packs are just opened by people who like cracking booster packs. Not for draft, not for any specific reason, just because you like, I guess, the gambling aspect uh, of cracking open booster packs. So these packs, they're kind of like a normal pack, but you have chance of getting more rares and mythics. And the big deal was uh, there is a slot in the pack where you normally get a token or a tip card. But that slot, one in every four packs, I believe they said, you're, you will get a card from the list, which is a list of 300 cards from Magic's history. They showed off a few. Some of them are like Cloud Goat Ranger, Muscle Sliver, but there's also like Pactive Negation. So you could open some really valuable card from Magic's past, almost similar to Mystery Boosters in that slot. What do you guys think of uh, a fourth booster product every set entering the multiverse? Uh, you know, like I, I, for, okay, specifically on the fourth booster, I guess it doesn't bother me too much, right? Like, I'm just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, as long as I can differentiate them, I, I think that's fine. And like, set boosters, though, like, I, I, the idea itself, I'm, I'm pretty happy about. I, I think it's gonna be like, maybe a, like, they're estimating it be like about a dollar more right? Oh, fingers crossed. Yeah. That is what Wizards said. They expect it to be a dollar more, but then I had a couple of, like, LGS people say, I think they're actually going to be, like, $7 maybe a pack, so we'll see if this is, like, Secret Lair Fetch Lands. We're like, eh, a little bit more, and then it's, like, ten times as much <laughs> as as they thought it would be, so we'll see how it shakes out, but yes, that is what Wizards said they were shooting for, is a do- about a dollar more than uh, normal boosters. Well, if that's the case, then I'm super down for it, right? Like, I mean, I do not like, I don't draft, and there's not enough tip cards to help me be a better drafter. So, uh, like, like I, I can tell you that I would rather just open the booster packs, and like, it's just, it, it sounds way more fun. I like the structure of the pack, too, because, like, I, because, like, during, in the video, uh, Mark Rosewater goes over, like, you know, like, it, like, they, they have, like, it's, like, specifically named to, like, certain parts of the booster, right? Like, and I, I like that. I like the layout of the pack. I like everything about it. So new product, I want to sigh. And like, what a bad name, Set Booster. Uh, I mean, yeah, the name I, is... Like, I feel like that should give you the set or something, right? Like, I, I don't know, but the... So I'm concerned, like, it's another product. Like, I already don't know what any of these products are anymore. You have, like, collector boosters, VIP boosters, draft boosters, like, those packs from Walmart or whatever. Like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Uh, but... It basically is a treasure chest, I'm hoping, right? The the 300 just assortment of whatever the heck we feel like printing. Uh, if they do this every set, that means they have the option uh, of making these like treasure chests. So it should dramatically drive down the prices of cards. Like they don't need to figure out 
oh, you know, what set can I slot Tarmogoyf into? Or, you know, do I need new art for Tarmogoyf? Or does it need to be a box topper? They can just be like, heck, we'll just throw it into the next uh, set booster. And then there we go, right? So I'm hoping it will have an effect like treasure chests on the economy of magic. So it will dramatically drive down the prices of just random cards. Like, oh, this Portal Three Kingdoms card, no use for it anywhere. Just throw it in the list and it'll be in the next set booster. So hopefully that's what it is. And hopefully it's not just a cash grab or, or something where they put like low value cards or something and like, you know, nothing happens. And it's just another product for cracking packs. I hope it's actually a treasure chest to drive down prices. Yeah, I think uh, that would definitely be ideal, especially since this would theoretically be a place where wizards could reprint a card really quickly. When normal sets, you're waiting a year, two years, they're designing ahead of time, so it takes a while sometimes. But in theory, since they're using the same art, uh, kind of like mystery boosters, and everything is the same, uh, it would be really easy, presumably, to uh, get cards into these packs really quickly if prices start to spike. I will say, if it really is just a dollar more than normal boosters, I think if you're someone who just likes cracking packs, at a dollar more, my guess is, once we can actually like figure out the EV of all this, that it will be basically strictly better to open these like if you're drafting obviously you still need like the normal draft boosters but if you're just like a pack cracker the fact that you can get additional rares and mythics which you can't really get in a normal booster uh the uh, fact that there's a slot for showcase cards that you're going to be guaranteed every pack you still have a chance to open other showcase cards when you wear in mythic slots plus you get a chance to get a card from the list i feel like if it really is just a dollar more this is uh, the way to go if you want to crack packs yeah uh the other thing we want to talk about before we get to fish mail is uh some tournament news so first off let's start with the good the good as far as tournaments at least in my opinion is uh jumpstart has been out on magic arena for a couple of weeks now, and it has made a pretty big impact on the historic format with tons of new decks, people trying new things. Have either of you been playing historic uh, with Jumpstart cards, and what do you think of the format, and uh, what Jumpstart cards have you been enjoying in historic? So oh. let me break down the process. This is really interesting, right? So I started like Thrag Tusk. Yes, Thrag Tusk. So much value. I'm going to play Thrag Tusk. Huh, I'm getting run over by goblins a lot. They're like so fast. <laughs> let me let me get some ramp in there. Oh, I, I'll put Earl in my deck. Yeah, that's good. They'll, they'll ramp me to Thrag Tusk. I'm like, hmm, need more ramp. I'll just put a growth spiral. And then I'm like, huh, Thrag Tusk doesn't stabilize the board against goblins. I'll just put an Ugin. And then I'm just playing Bant. <laughs> and then all my matches are like Field of the Dead, Mirrors, uh, or uh, versus Goblins. And then and then I quit Historic. <laughs> so that, that was my progression of slowly phasing Thrag Tusk out of my deck and slowly turning it to a dirty green ramp deck with Field of the Dead. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I've, like, I've definitely run into a lot of Field of the Deads, and of course a lot of uh, uh, Goblins. And Muxus is really good. Like, Muxus is really good, but... and. and and with Skirk Prospector being able to cheat it out, sure, like, Chieftain is another haster, but with an Anthem attached to it, like, that's obviously insane, but, like, Muxus is is just, you know, like, I, I think that card, if there is a problematic card in the Goblins deck, it's Muxus, but at the same time, uh, getting bodied by Goblins, I don't feel bad about it. I'm just like, cool, they Muxus, I'll see you later, right, on to the next game. <laughs> I get bodied by Field of the Dead. Oh, like, why is this still legal? <laughs> like, I, I've I've been having a lot of fun though playing with like 
like as I, I just there's recently a video that just went up on the site with like like it was the black red discard deck um you know and like tiny bones is a lot of fun and being able to tie that in with cards like carnival carnage and ongrath has been a blast uh and then of course you know like i've i've been playing around with a lot of decks and i mean even elves are fun although elves are nowhere near resilient as goblins are <laughs> like they are as glass cannon as you can get right in, compared wow. to the other tribes and there's a lot of tribal decks that have just now hit the format because of jumpstart between spirits all this other stuff uh i, I think it's a lot of fun uh can Troll didn't get too much, unfortunately. So I like for a mid-range deck, I've just been trying to play Grixis mid-range. And I have climbed relatively high with the Grixis mid-range deck and Esper Bolas uh in uh up to like I think like I got the highest I got up to was like somewhere like like 180 something uh mythic. But uh after that I, I kind of just logged off. Yeah, I have uh I've really enjoyed the format too for the most part, although there are some some worrying signs. So as far as Jumpstart itself, I've had a blast with it. I played uh, Tiny Bones, I played Crater Hoof, I played Goblets, I played Elves. There's still uh, I played a like Death and Taxes style deck designed specifically to beat Goblins, because at one point Goblins was like fifty percent of the <laughs> of the queue and just like everyone was playing it. So there's been a ton of decks and there's still a ton more decks with jumpstart cards. Uh, that I want to keep playing in Historic. It's just been, like, really, really fun. And we have Amiket Remastered coming this month. They announced Pioneer Masters coming this year. So the format's going to keep changing, evolving. So I think, for me, Historic has been my favorite, most enjoyable format for me to play recently, which partly is because Historic is sweet and partly because other formats have not been the greatest of places necessarily. However, Field of the Dead, as you mentioned, is a concern. And the other one that makes me want to just log off arena when i run into it is uh is wilderness reclamation decks uh, oh, they yeah. got rid of nexus but it's still a really popular and really good deck it's very and some of them are also playing field of the dead you're just <laughs> like the hey worst. i'm teamer reclamation that also makes a whole bunch of zombies so i would like to see wilderness reclamation itself be banned uh, apparently just getting rid of nexus was not enough because that's still pretty miserable and I'm coming around with the most recent slate of Mannings on maybe just getting rid of Field of the Dead, too. It's just so much free value. It's so easy for decks to set up. So I I could see those changes improving the format. But in general, I have really enjoyed the format since Jumpstart released. Where are you guys seeing this diversity? I got to try again. When I played, it was literally like 90% Field of the Dead and Goblins. I got to I got to pull myself out of uh, I don't know what I'm in bronze or something <laughs> because I'm like every every game is like goblins and I'm like come on guys we, we, there are other there are other creatures in magic besides goblins <laughs> I, it might be it might be a rigged thing because I think uh, we got to mythic last week on stream and I think that people once they get to mythic unless you're trying to like get top 1200 or whatever you don't really have a ton of motivation to play the best deck because you can't drop out of mythic and you've already reached mythic so you might as well just like do whatever you have fun with so i noticed playing like at high diamond almost to mythic i played like goblins on repeat over and over and over again and it was miserable but then once you get to mythic i think people are a lot more uh open to experimenting uh yes the the magic arena paradox where you have to grind meta decks so that you get the opportunity to play your janky brews once, <laughs> once you reach mythic <laughs> i think 
I, uh, I, I'd actually seen Seth's tweet where he built the black-white deck to hate out <laughs> goblins, and I laughed hysterically because I'm like, wow, so lucky. How come? Because I, I try to do the same thing, but, like, for cat decks when that was, like, the only thing in standard, and all I got paired <laughs> against was everything else but a cat deck. <laughs> Yeah, that that deck. If you play goblins, it's really good. But if you play against other stuff, it, <laughs> it can go wrong in a hurry. <laughs> That's pretty much how I, I I was building the deck. I was like, anything that isn't the cat deck will like steamroll me. But <laughs> if you're a cat deck, you'll be sorry. <laughs> Do they still have that oh. matchmaking where they calculate like how meta your deck is and pair you against a similar deck? So if you play, I, a I think that's only in the like the casual queue, right? Or like the. Uh, you know the the unranked cues. It's only unranked cues. Yeah, I believe it's only unranked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, although it would feel that way sometimes, <laughs> but like, yeah. <laughs> so since we're talking about wilderness reclamation, uh, and before we get to fish mail, coming in last on our list of things to talk about, there was a pro tour this weekend. Uh, there were dozens of people who watched it on Twitch. Uh, people played Magic. It was uh, presumably a good time for some of them. It was basically all Wilderness Reclamation, uh, 50-something percent to start off day one, up to over 60% on day two. The top eight, I believe, is 50% uh, Reclamation decks. Did either of you bother to watch the pro tour and uh what do you think about the state of standard i think my big question is we're almost exactly two months from rotation uh so 60 days we're seeing a standard format that is obviously dominated by a single deck and a single deck that people don't especially like for the most part do you think they should be thinking about banning wilderness reclamations or growth spirals, or are we just waiting it out for the next two months uh, for rotation to hopefully improve things? If they're going to ban Jace the Mind Sculptor a month before he rotates, I think they, they can still ban wilderness reclamation. Because, like, that, honestly, or and, like, throw growth spiral, throw and then send all the Simic cards into the sun while you're at it, because, like... <laughs> But yeah, like I, I, I think you can, there's still room and time for bannings because, you know, like having standard be like a dead format, it's already rough enough, like, you know, like the weeks before, right? But like, we're talking like two months out and it's already, you know, like people have been over, like over standard, I think a week after like M21. Yeah, it happened quicker than I ever remember. Usually once a new set releases, there's at least like a month, sometimes uh, even more than that, depending on where the format's at, where people are really interested in the format. But I definitely noticed a week, maybe two weeks. I think actually by the time M21 actually released in paper, people were already like done with standard because it had been out for like 10 days on Magic Arena. Everyone was like moving on to the next thing. So I definitely agree. I would like to see bannings. Uh, Wilderness Rack would be the big one immediately. And I definitely am concerned about Uro. Uro's the one yep. card that doesn't rotate and is going to be around for 14 more months. And it is hard for me to imagine even with like Wilderness Rack or Spiral rotating, that Uro will ever be anything but one of the best cards for any deck to play in standard, keeping removal decks out of the format, aggro decks out of the format. So long term, I definitely have a big concern about Uro's health in the format. And short term, 
we're living in a world uh, of arena. I think the old thinking of like, oh, the summer is the lull of magic. It's a summer. People are doing other things. We don't have a set release. We're building tourist rotation. Magic gets less popular then, but that's okay. Like, I don't think that works with arena. I think with arena, you need standard to be good and exciting and playable basically 24 7 365 because you need people to keep playing uh, arena so i think in a world of arena i would like to see bannings happen now even though rotation is right around the corner uh so people can actually play the format over the summer yeah i mean i like, but the issue is like there's too many things that need banning <laughs> like like it's just like it needs like a lot of things just need to have not existed that's the problem. <laughs> like, Uro yeah. being one of them, and, like, of course, you have Wilderness Reclamation and all the ridiculous spells that you could, in, like, do use at instant speed, like Expansion Explosion to go with. But obviously, like, the cheating on mana is the biggest issue, right? Like, this past year and a half, two years, it's just been noth- nothing but, like, ways to cheat on mana, cheat spells, uh, you know, and, and like, like, mana doubling and ramp and all of that. Like, oh, there's just too many things. So I think they should make an announcement saying that they'll leave standard alone and they will ban like 10 cards come rotation. So effectively at rotation, like Uro would rotate. Uh, basically these cards that we're afraid will dominate standard going forward, they will just rotate them at rotation to give people a heads up that they can do something with their cards and be playing with them. But they need to get rid of these broken cards because otherwise no one will play the new cards or if they do play the new cards it means those cards are even more broken <laughs> yep. and then you're, you're gonna have this problem where okay we ban the new broken cards but guess what earl lures his head back in right <laughs> like so like there's no way they can fix this like i already talked about it before like they designed this set like a year ago when they thought Oko was still in the format or whatever, right? Like, it's all off the rails at this point. You just got to hit, like, a hard reset, remove these broken cards, give people a warning, you know, do something to kind of mitigate the lashback. But they, they got to, like, get rid of these cards. Like, I don't know how they're going to fix this. Just print more powerful cards and <laughs> keep banning things forever? Like, I, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I actually kind of like that idea. Just let people know ahead of time. Like, at we're gonna leave things but at rotation Uro's gone I don't know Ugin whatever else needs to be on that list of stuff that could potentially be problematic and just try to have a a hard reset or rotation I mean you could even just rotate everything do next year's rotation <laughs> yeah. at the same time there are and no before cards it'll start over with yes you could it's battle for or Zendikar rising block standard for the next three months <laughs> like oh uh, I don't, I don't, yeah, like, I, I, I kind of actually like that, too, just, like, them announcing it and just banning, like, the obvious problematic cards, but I think that, right, the only obviously problematic card, I think, post-rotation is Uro. I mean, I, I don't even think Ugin's bad. Yeah, I think Uro's definitely, definitely the big one. I think they just one. need to ban Uro. <laughs> it might, I don't know if it's crazy, but maybe there's some argument about Shark Typhoon being on the list, although maybe that's a symptom of the power of wilderness reclamation and oh, once yeah. we don't have mana doublers maybe shark typhoon will just be like a fair good card rather than you know a card that's 46 percent of the matter or whatever it is i just i don't even even now like it's i don't think the card is broken in any way i just think it's just because there's so many ways that we cheat on mana and ramp that there's just massive sharks and like all this stuff easily like people aren't working like like six plus mana doesn't feel more than like three mana right like 
it, but, but that's just incorrect. So I mean, I, it, I don't it even the fairy, right? Like it's all related, yeah. right? So once these cards rotate, but the question is, are there more cards lurking under the surface, right? Like remember, uh, like I don't know, like we remember Feel the Dead. You guys remember this way back? Uh. <laughs> They're like, oh, Feel the Dead is a problem. Get rid of that. Oko pops up, right? Oko is the problem. Get rid of that. Like it keeps going. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like so, Teferi will rotate. Uh, Shark Typhoon probably won't be good. It'll so, still be good, I think. No, but like, you know, like a good card, not an oppressive card. Or not like a... It's not even oppressive. It's just like a really good card and a really good deck. That's all it is, Yeah, right? I think it's just great. A great card. I think... Yeah, I mean... And then you have, like, the Sacrifice deck that still has a lot of its engine pieces that'll be interesting. And I think that but is one of the concerns. devil. That's true. That is... So it does lose some important pieces. And you priest. might have to go... Yeah, it might have to be more like a Luris-style deck like we saw before, so maybe that powers it down enough. I think that is definitely a concern with banning stuff now. Like, if you just ban Wilderness Reclamation, there's probably going to be something equally miserable that rises to the top of the format. So but maybe I that's see- the argument to do it now so that next month you can ban more stuff. And then by the time you get to rotation, you've successfully like fixed you've the already rotated. Error. Yeah. <laughs> you've already rotated before rotation. <laughs> like, yeah, though. That could work too. I am going to be insanely surprised if Wilderness Reclamation made it through its entire standard life in standard. That would if, if that's what happens, I'm just gonna be like, what I, Wow. Somehow this <laughs> ridiculously broken card made it through. How? How is it that this card made it through? You know, like, cause it's kind, it would be kind of upsetting. Like, cause like a card that ridiculous shouldn't have existed. Uh, and on top of that, shouldn't have made it like entire standard life. You know, it's funny. It's uncommon. Yeah. <laughs> it's just uncommon. Oh, man. Its power must not be high. It has a silver icon. <laughs> it is terrible in draft. <laughs> uh. All right, well, let's uh, move on and hit a couple fish mail before we run out of time today. Richard, take it away. All right, if you have questions, send them to at Goldfish with the hashtag mtgfishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. Uh, Sir Landfaller 23 considering the last time Zendikar set was released, uh, do you think Wizards will make land packs again, and how much should they cost if they did? Land. Wait, land packs? Land packs? Are, are they talking about, like, the fat packs with, like, a bunch of... Land packs? Oh. I think everything has that now, though, right? Like, all the fat packs have them? The bundles? Dude, I think I fat packs... Bundle. I think that, yeah, bundles are fat packs. Yeah. I believe that they still come with land packs, although... I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I assume you just put all the full art lands in there. I think that's what has happened in past Zendikar sets, so... Yeah. I think it would be normal bundle price. Like, I I don't think you jack up the price or whatever, so... Yeah. Yeah, Yes. I I do think Wizards will make land packs. Given that they're on set boosters, they will make land boosters where the first slot will be a full art land of the current set. The second slot will be a fetch land or a shock land. The third slot will be like a expedition shock land or something. Like I I do think they will do something like this eventually. I mean, (laughs) I think they've got it right. If there is going to be one, I think it's going to be this set like you had mentioned. And especially since like Mark Rosewater talked about there are six duels that he's been pushing to try to get into the game. 
Uh, and I, I'm really excited to see what those duels are. So yeah, the the other thing that this conversation made me think of with the set boosters, they announced that uh, they're going to have the return of those art cards that we saw in Modern yeah, Horizons. I like those, but but they're doing a little bit of what we talked about with the sports card thing, where I believe it's one in eight upgrade to a signed version that has the yep. the artist's uh the artist's signature on it so i feel like we're stepping in that direction like we are heading towards the one of one soul ring with unique art in a signature and uh you know morrow's fingernails or whatever like we're, yeah. we're getting there <laughs> we're heading that direction it's really happening i really want this meme to take i want to go to a, a grand prix someone walks up tomorrow and be like can I get a fingernail? <laughs> give your fingernail? He'll be like so confused. He's like, what? Why do you want my fingernail? <laughs> Azura Night Song. How much do you think a box of Double Masters would be if there were no junk rares? Would it be a good or bad thing? Is it possible to have no junk rares? I don't think it is, right? Because I think if you if you look at box toppers, that's theoretically no junk rares. But amongst them someone's got to be the lowest value, right? So when you're the lowest value, you're now the junk rare. So in this case, Sneak Attack is a great card, but it's the least valuable to box toppers, so it becomes a junk the rare. The junk so, rare. <laughs> so I think there will always be a junk rare, right? Like You'll never have all cards be the same value or desirability. There will always be someone who's like the worst one or a group of but, cards but I, the worst ones. I, I think, I think I, the, what the question is trying to get at where i think it it is like if if sneak attack is the worst card you know like that's not bad right yeah so like raise the the floor so if you got a dual land maybe you got you know not a tundra but got a plateau but at least it's still a dual yeah so like like still a dual i mean i think that boxes would be absurdly expensive i think we're talking thousand dollars two thousand dollars about like if every rare was a noble high arc like a twenty dollar rare and every mythic was a, I don't know, a Karn, like a $50 mythic. I think just from like an EV perspective, which Wizards obviously uses when they're constructing sets, when they're pricing products, I think you're going to be looking at very clearly $80 a pack, something like that. So times that by 24 packs and you're looking at a couple thousand dollars. How about $100 a pack? Yeah. Like, this, is just, this is just VIP masters or VIP edition boosters, right? If you get a box of VIP, but you're not thinking about it because who's going to buy a box of VIP boosters? They're too expensive. So yeah, I actually yeah. think it's like, that's what we have with VIP boosters. Uh, okay. The Paul Rupp dual land question, a fetchable wedge land that comes into play untapped. If you control the third basic, uh, the third color basic land. So Jeskai Land could be Island Mountain, only ETBs untapped if you control a planes, a basic planes. Too strong? Uh I mm. I, I I would say that's uh you know that uh, that sounds pretty it's like a like like the sunken hollow cycle, right? But without, you know, like having two basics, so I think that's pretty good. I think this is unplayable though, right? Like you need to I have, think if, you need a if basic, basic in your yeah. three color deck. And you need to have that basic on the battlefield. But I mean, Jeskai, you throw fetch lands in there and you got like, it's, it's easy, right? Like the Jeskai Black did it with the four color mana base. <laughs> I mean, I guess it, if there were fetch lands in standard, I bet it would be good. But in modern, I think I would still play shock lands over that in most decks. I think the cost of having a basic, if it was planes and you could uh, have them come into play and tapped off of shock lands, then they would be great. They would be, they'd be really, really good. But if it's basic lands, I think they would probably be worse than shock lands. 
I mean, yeah, like, if they just printed it where it's a planes card, then that's just, like, a super, like, that. that's just amazing, right? Like, that. <laughs> yeah. I, but I, I, I would say, I guess for standard speaking specifically, and if since there are no fetch lands, I still think it'd be okay, right? I mean, like, Sunken Hollow and all that was still pretty good, uh, Prairie Stream and all of that. I mean, it would probably be, would it be better than Triomes? Um. On, I try to think it would be, like, on par with Triomes. Yeah. Like, you lose the ability to cycle, but you gain the ability to have them come into play untapped on occasion. So I think they'd be like Triome level and standard with no fetch lands, give or take. Yeah, yeah. Although the 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 ability to cycle is pretty major, but yeah, I do I do think it'd be somewhere in the ballpark of Triomes. All right, D Foster Seven. Do you think Watsi will add more cube variants to Arena other than what we saw earlier this year? I'd love to play something like Vintage Cube uh, from Moto. Uh, and we've seen them add a few older cards for the Theros event. I am sure they will. Uh, how long it takes for them to actually have Vintage Cube on there, that's a, that's a big chunk of cards that are not currently on Arena. So it might be a while till we have, like, literal Vintage Cube, although I'm sure if Wizards wanted to focus on that, it would be absurdly popular, because Vintage Cube is one of the most popular things on Magic Online. But we've seen that with Magic Online, where they do, uh, they cycle through different people's cubes, they've done pauper cubes, they've done cubes designed by various uh players in the community so i would expect that as the cubing community grows on arena we will start to see more cube variations popper cubes hopefully someday vintage cubes theme cubes etc etc all right last question pab 9ab teferi seems to always die the turn after it's played but it's already done its job given this is the following card playable one blue white sorcery opponents can't cast spells this turn Bounce a non-Planeswalker permanent, draw a card, gain three life. Mm, is it playable? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Can you spend mana to cast it? Yes. Uh, is it... It's not good. good. No. Like, I could see, like, a, a deck playing it. Well, I don't even know. I think the upside is, yes, Wyatt Fairy does die a lot of times, it also doesn't die a lot of times. Uh, you, you're, you're getting the upside of having your Teferi potentially stick around and you can always plus it instead of taking it down. So I feel like it's way worse than Teferi. Although I could see like potentially playing it in a deck as like a one of or something. It's like a mini Azorius ultimatum. <laughs> it's just that, but like, yeah, like I, I, I think that's Teferi is just better because of that. It can stick. Uh, and yeah. having the ability to plus one, turning your sorceries into instants is absurd. So, like, late game, I definitely would love to have a Teferi, right? There's so much upside to Teferi. Plus, this doesn't cost your opponent a card. Like, if your opponent has to use a burn spell to kill Teferi or something, like, that's, like, horrendous for them. Uh, but, yeah, it's the upside, right? Like, everyone kills it on the spot because if you get two Teferi activations, like, how do you come back from this, right? So, yeah, it's just... It snowballs, like, totally out of control if it stays on the battlefield. Plus, yeah. nothing like, you know, upkeep thought erasure, you know, for fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, like, instant speed board wipes are brutal for a creature deck. Yeah, I mean, that's why creature decks must kill Teferi, right? Because you can't just sit out because now you have instant speed board wipes up. So you can't, because, you know, realistically, it takes, like, two more activations uh, before they, they draw another card. But you can't ignore it. Uh, all right, that's all the time we have for Fishmill this week. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. If you have questions, send them to at MTGGoldfish with the hashtag MTGFishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. 
And I believe that that brings us to the end of episode 287 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Grimm, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. So we will be back next week to talk about yeah, the rest of Double Masters and whatever goes out, uh, whatever else goes on in the world of magic. So until then, have a wonderful week. And this is the crew signing out.